0: Coming up today on The Story.
1: There was a a little child was uh, bitten by the school rabbit. She came in crying. I've been bitten by the rabbit. When I looked at her finger, there really wasn't anything there at all. She just needed some reassurance. But with the OCD kind of worry, I wrote a note, put it in her bag and thought, well, that should be fine. Life goes on, but not for me.
0: The Story. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, it's not uncommon to hear someone who is quite fussy about something being accused of having OCD, or obsessive compulsive disorder. It's mostly done in a disparaging way. But what really is OCD, and what is it like to live with it? We'll get some insights today from Rosemary Burke. She's the author of the book The Lava Tube, a Christian's personal journey with obsessive compulsive disorder. She's having
2: a chat and sharing her story with Eric Scatterbone. Rosemary, welcome to the program. Thanks
1: so much for having me.
2: Glad to have you with us. And you hear that occasionally in everyday conversation. People use the term OCD.
1: Yes, they do quite a lot, especially these days.
2: And what is the way that you've heard it?
1: Well, I've heard people when they're maybe at work um, wanting to make an excuse for the fact that they want to go into more detail in something or that they they want to be really prepared. They'll say, oh, that's just my OCD coming out. I really want to check on this question or or have this detail covered.
2: Yeah. yeah, so we hear it all the time, and a lot of times in a disparaging way. Not always to the person's face, well, he's, he's just OCD about that mm. or whatever. But that's not actually what OCD is.
1: Mm, that's right, yes. OCD is um, a type of anxiety disorder. Um, like people may get depression or um, other kinds of anxiety, but it's the one that's um, often the butt of jokes, really.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, how yeah. sad is that? I mean, there are people who are really suffering with this, and then to hear somebody kind of using it in a flippant way.
1: Yeah, it's all about um, how we deal with um, things that are out of our control in life, which is which is a lot of things.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, it's where we might have. Um, thoughts in our minds that we just can't stop. They're distressing thoughts that go around and around and become an obsession that we can't seem to, no matter what we do, no matter how we rationalize it, we can't get rid of that nagging thought that really begins to bother us. That's okay. an obsessive kind of thing.
2: Okay, um, well, I want to ask you a question. Please help me. Sure. I've had a nagging thought, and this is real. I, Right here in this mm-hmm. studio, uh, a while ago, I forgot to well, actually, I incorrectly put in the security code. And then the next day they pointed out, hey, somebody forgot to put in the security code. So since that time, when I leave this building, I double check. Did I put it in? Is the light on? Double check the door. And sometimes I'll be in my car and I'll, and I'll be thinking about stuff. And I'm like, Oh, now did I do it? And I'll go back. I'll walk all the way back and check is the security light on? Is the door locked? you know, I'm getting kind of obsessed about this because I don't want to, you know, be told again, hey, somebody forgot to put the mm. security code on. Please tell me, Rosemary, do I have a problem?
1: <laughs> um, Eric, it only becomes a problem if you find that you might uh, go back to the car maybe two or three times and, and go back and check that you've done the locking up properly. Or you might get to after dinner time and you might think, maybe that was yesterday that I locked up properly. Maybe tonight I didn't. I better go back and check again.
2: Well, I'm feeling better now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I go back and I check the door and it's locked, I'm fine, I go home and I don't think about it again. Yeah. What happens with somebody who has a problem?
1: Yes, it would be that um, that, that person um, can't get it out of their minds, they feel uncomfortable, worried and stressed that there are gonna be enormous repercussions for not locking up that night, not locking up properly. It might affect people's lives, it might affect the business. The worries become gigantuan
2: Mm. in in
1: their scope for someone who has OCD.
2: Now, sometimes I'll get a phone call from somebody who's left earlier and say, hey, Eric, can you go check and see if the heater is off in my room? Because I think I forgot to turn it off. And then I'll go check, I'll say, "Yeah, yeah, it's off. And then they'll go on with their lives. Now, somebody who's starting to get into unhealthy thinking, even though they've been told the information that they needed, they'll still worry about it. Is that kind of the difference between like Mm. healthy concern and a problem?
1: Yes. Look, look, it could be. It could be that it starts to become a bit of a habit, those worrying thoughts, that even to have the reassurance of a colleague that um, that the heat is off, that uh, they can't trust themselves that they have turned off that switch, even though they have.
2: So it keeps on going around and around in their mind, even though they've been told the information that should have relieved the anxiety.
1: Yes, that's right. And rationalizing um, and checking doesn't seem to be enough to get rid of that nagging thought.
2: Now, you know about this. I do. From personal experience. (laughs) Mm. Let's find out your story. Let's go back to when you were very young. When did you first start to notice that things were not quite right.
1: Not quite, yes. Look, I had a very happy-go-lucky childhood in the main, um, but around about the age of 12, and I'd grown up in a Christian home and was a very good girl, at the age of 12 I caught glandular fever. Um, which was in those days called the kissing disease because it was, it's passed on by people coughing on each other and saliva-sharing drink bottles, things like that, and, yes, kissing too. And I developed this without um, any kissing of any, anybody, any boys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I noticed, um, due to the reaction of a, a couple of people at that time, I started to slip in um, OCD-type patterns.
2: Now, I'm not following. How did that mm. come up from having this uh, fever?
1: Yes, sure. Well, while I was very sick, um, uh, first of all, I couldn't understand why a happy, fit little girl would get so sick. Mm -hmm. So there was a misunderstanding there. But I was visited by uh, a relative who took me aside when my mum went to make her a cup of tea and asked me, Rosemary, um, now that your mum's out of the room, tell me really, what have you been up to to catch this? You must have done something. You must have been kissing someone. You're a naughty girl if you don't really come up with um, what's really happened.
2: Like really putting a guilt trip on you.
1: Yes, and um, because she was a trusted person, I didn't really know what to do, what to say. Uh, Suddenly I I, I thought to myself, well, there must be a way I can prove I'm a good little Christian girl. And I started to slip into behaviors that um, indeed made me as good as I could be. Mm. Um, It did start off at that time, at that age of um, thinking, if I read a Bible verse every night, I wouldn't get sicker. Um, That kind of strange Mm. little quirky habit that started to slip in
2: but do you think that kind of stigma or the implication that hey there's something wrong with you that kind of was causing anxiety yes
1: yes I felt I guess um, misunderstood and then I put all my effort into um, presenting myself as um, well perfect really
2: Mm. because you wanted to keep that anxiety away
1: yes that's right
2: but it was impossible because you never kissed anybody in the first place (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) that's right (laughs) so it was never going to work Yes.
2: But you were going to try and try and try and be the extremely good little girl.
1: That's right. Yes.
2: Then what happened?
1: Mm. Well, it waxed the OCD, which was undiagnosed because it, in, it was the 70s and there wasn't a lot of information out there. I knew something wasn't quite right. My parents did too. But uh, we was all... Was it
2: manifesting in other ways? Um,
1: mainly it would be like um, practicing my music pieces, um, handing in assignments, um, things like that, making them perfect. Um Writing things three times to make sure that they were uh, done, because well, I like the number three. And oh, wow. Kinds of strange things. Wow. Strange things. Now, I was,
2: like, was going to just ask you, what's the difference between a perfectionist and somebody with OCD? Mm-hmm.
1: I think a perfectionist really enjoys the satisfaction of doing things to the best of their ability mm-hmm. and goes home feeling satisfied. Whereas with someone with OCD, they just feel it's never quite good enough. There will always be the most extreme or rare complication in their lives that may be their fault, and mm-hmm. that um, that gets them down really badly.
2: So if you like things to be perfect and you get it to that level, then you're happy and you walk away, hey, I did a good job. Mm. But somebody with OCD, they're just never going to get to that point of being satisfied with it. Yes. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Getting back to your story. Mm.
1: Well, it waxed and waned through my teenage years, and once I got to um, move into nursing, things seemed to settle down. It would just, um, the, those obsessive-compulsive thoughts would only come on when I was um, under a lot of pressure, maybe mm-hmm. exam time or, or something like that. But most of the time, I was feeling pretty good.
2: Okay. Now, let's fast forward to your adult years, and it kind of came up again.
1: Yes, that's right. Um, things were going pretty well over the years with the uh, so those OCD-type feelings. Occasionally, I'd be a little bit suspicious of myself, wondering if um, I was um, getting some tendency towards anxiety. But I thought, no, I should have everything together. Uh, I know what I'm doing, have a strong faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I've studied a little bit of counselling, communication. No, I'm all good. Okay. Unfortunately, when I, I became a school nurse... Um, This was uh, when my children were quite young. Um, I have two children. And uh, the job became quite stressful. I started to notice anxiety building up inside me at work. And this is where things really began to unravel.
2: Okay, what were you anxious about?
1: It seems that um, when children would come to the sick bay, instead of um, assessing them in first aid uh, with first aid measures, I started to tip into worrying about all the things that might happen to them, the very rare um, situations that might be involved in why they'd come in the first place.
2: What would be an example?
1: Oh, an example would be um, there was a a little child was uh, bitten by the school rabbit. Okay, that happens. uh, on the end of her finger, and she came in crying, I've been bitten by the rabbit. When I looked at her finger, there really wasn't anything there at all. She just needed some reassurance. But with the OCD kind of worry, I wrote a note, put it in her bag, and thought well that should be fine mm-hmm. now, there's no scratch there's nothing there she's happy again she's gone back to her classroom life goes on life goes on but not for me uh, a few minutes later i was worrying maybe she it, what if she doesn't take the note out of her bag and give it to her mum she might develop an infection that nobody knows about oh, and it wow. might become go so uh, this is
2: where it's yeah it's getting out of the realm of yes normal concern
1: yes into the stratosphere yeah I, I <laughs> <laughs> so, the scenario would go um, that she would then get really sick and die, and they would lose wow. their child. She wouldn't you're get thinking, to grow up. Oh, my goodness. Everyone would hate me. I um, would be um, incompetent. Is this like 2 a.m.
2: you're thinking about this? In the-
1: oh, quite quickly. Yeah. And oh, okay. then again th- at 2 a.m. as well. Yes. Oh, wow.
2: So, it's just coming back. This is just haunting back you. Back again,
1: again. So, I went to the phone, and I rang up and left a message on the answering machine of the family home and said, um, your little girl has been uh, bitten by the school rabbit. All looks good, but I just take wanted to let you know. Take her to the emergency <laughs> room
2: right away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, well, I knew not to do that, but okay, it okay. felt like that. It uh, yeah, yeah, sure did. Yeah. But then half an hour later, I thought, I wonder if their answering machine works. Maybe it's broken. Oh, my god. So we're back to the start again. Maybe she won't take the note out of the bag. So I rang up again, and the grandma of this little girl uh, answered the phone, and she quite roughly said, yes, I did get your message. I know about the rabbit. <laughs> it will be fine. I will tell her mother. And to me, that yeah, was. Just,
2: just leave me alone here. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: So uh, that was reassuring in a way because yeah. I'd, I'd had the backup of Grandma. But then I started to think, oh, what if Grandma gets sick and doesn't pass the message oh, on? So here we go. Oh,
2: paralysis by overanalysis.
1: Yes. Perfect. So that started, unfortunately, started to tip into a lot of the children that were coming to sick bay for various reasons. Oh
2: wow! Yeah. So were you starting to get a reputation? Um, you were sending everybody home
1: in the last couple of weeks. Yes. I think I probably was. The office um, staff was starting to notice. Why aren't there any children in the school? <laughs> 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 we just wanted. Where have know? <laughs> they all gone? <laughs> yes, Mrs. Mrs. Burke is sending everybody home now. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, I did have to resign. And oh
2: wow! I'm so. This is this is the difference between just kind of a. A little bit of a concern, a little bit of anxiousness, but now this has actually caused you to lose your job. Yes,
1: that's right. It was a professional disaster.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I set a resignation date, but my stress levels um, with the anxiety were so high, I didn't get to that date, and I had wow. left early.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, Rosemary Burke is sharing about her battle with OCD, or Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. Next, we'll find out how her faith has helped her to heal and how she's in a much better place these days. That and more when we return. The Story If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1 800 Pray For Me. That's 1 800 772 936. It's a free call. Or text Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is the story. We're continuing with Eric Scadabo chatting with Rosemary Burke, who's sharing about her battle with OCD. She's the author of the book The Lava Tube: A Christian's Personal Journey with Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. Before the break, we heard how her OCD became so unmanageable that she actually had to quit her job. Now we'll find out what happened next in her life.
1: Oh, well, I, I curled up in a ball at, uh, at home trying to figure out what was going on with me, but I did go to the GP and I walked in the door. He'd never seen me like this. So I walked in the door and said, um, I've cracked up. I don't know what's going on and he asked me to explain what had happened that day, and I went into a scenario of all the things that were bothering me in the school place. Um, One example might be um, that indicated to him that something was wrong with my anxiety levels was that... um, we, uh, people with asthma, children with asthma, mm-hmm. use Ventolin puffers, yep, and we, yep. we change them every now and again at the school to keep make sure they haven't expired. But it seemed to me that even though I had checked the expiry dates on the box of the Ventolin puffers, I hadn't opened up each box and checked the actual dispenser. Oh, my goodness. And that was keeping me awake at night. So you when, told this to your doctor? Yes.
2: And he responded?
1: Uh, Rosemary, I think you have nervous exhaustion.
2: Wow, yeah. Here are yeah. some
1: medications to get you through the next few days. I want you to see a psychologist um, right away. I want to see you at the end of the week, and if in a few weeks that hasn't helped, I'll be sending you on to um, a psychiatrist for some further help. And I thought, wow, this is me. How can this be me? I'm I'm Rose, the, the faithful Christian person who's got her to act together. But indeed, I hadn't. It can happen well, to anybody.
2: Yeah, well, let's talk about what was the role your faith played in mm-hmm. all this.
1: Mm, my faith was and remained um, huge throughout this whole awful phase of my life. Mainly, it was probably about two years with its intensity. Um, I always believed that um, God would be there for me, but I did believe I was letting him down a lot. So, I needed to... Um,
2: so, another thing to worry about. Yes. yes. No, was
1: well. I good enough? Why yeah. had I failed? I'd let down my family. My now, all the school knew that I'd um, become sick because the it had been put in the school newsletter that I was stressed. So my um, confidentiality had also gone. So mm. there was no quiet place to have a breakdown and realize that that I can get sick just like anybody else. Mm. There can be matters that are beyond my ability to control. And what was I going to do about that? So what helped? Uh, Well, in the end, I did end up um, with a psychiatrist who's uh, been a friend for many years and and still is and helped Mm me um, with um, some of the editing of the book. But what helped was a a holistic approach. First of all, accepting that I was sick, that I did have OCD and that helped me to be a lot more accepting of a lot of other people or with um, mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I realised that I needed to let the nursing go, which had huge consequences for the family. But Mm -hmm. that was okay, because I believed God would be working together to work things out, and I trusted him on that. Um, I tried medications. uh, Still i am on those. Uh, That'll be a lifelong thing. It's Mm -hmm. not for everybody. I, I had regular counseling and psychiatry assistance i got information and self-educated so i would know more about what to expect what other people were experiencing and i kept in touch with my church community uh, backed off a whole lot of commitments but um, wherever i could find anything that sewed into my spiritual life i'd marry that up with the rest of the things i was doing
2: what was helpful as far as your faith life
1: Yes, there would be. There were things when I I couldn't think straight enough because I was so unwell to to read a book or anything that was very deep. I would um, find maybe. Um Psalms or uh, photographs Verses, songs um, That would just bring peace to my heart When I was feeling very anxious And I ended up making a little CD of favorite tracks And I would play that Mm -hmm. Or I'd go and have a a quiet time in the bush Or or a coffee with Jesus or something like Mm -hmm. that Just to help calm myself down
2: So you know God loves you
1: Yes, yes And that's Mm got to
2: bring great comfort Mm. And He wants the best for you but yet, this irrational—could we call it irrational? Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Extreme anxiety about these things kept on coming. Mm. So, was it a spiritual answer? Was it a medical answer? Although well, it sounds like it was all yeah. of the above.
1: Mm. It was. Um, it was a, a combination of answers. Um, people with a spiritual belief do often get on better. Um, with recovering from or learning to manage, is that right? Um, Why is that? Yes, yes, it's because um, we uh, we have a more holistic approach to life. We often believe in a, a higher power. For me, mm-hmm. obviously, it's it's uh, Christianity, mm-hmm. but it seems that yeah, people of faith do have a broader perspective on life. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, and how I, is
2: how is that helpful?
1: Oh, it's it means that um, there's someone out. Well, in Christianity, for me, that's the only one I can relate to. There's someone bigger, closer to me, closer than a breath that mm-hmm. that is um, so cheering me on.
2: So your personal relationship with the Lord, yes, knowing yeah. He's in your corner. That's right, as you mentioned, cheering you on. Yes, that's, that's really that's helpful. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So if I have a challenging thought that's really bothering me. Yeah, um, yeah, what I do you feel, do now? Yes, well I would uh, there are the various methods called um cognitive behavioral therapy. There are other Try things to, use to words do. Uh, uh, CBT, CBT. You might hear people saying that's my okay. CBT. Okay. But uh, yes, sure. What does it's that mean? it's a little um, it's a little practice of how maybe I can distract myself from the worry that is bothering me by doing something else, by thinking about something else mm-hmm. or um, turning on the radio, uh, changing my activity to distract myself from the bothering thought and then I always remember that uh, Jesus is with me while I'm doing that little um, method of control and most of the time these days later on in the day I'll forget what I was worried about in the first place Oh, ideal And uh, Which is great Absolutely. So you're in a healthier place now a much healthier place. And I, I do feel for a lot of Christians who um, may not know what's going on for them, and they may feel that they are letting God down, that they're not good enough for him. Mm. And this can be a really paralyzing and, and sad thing that they're going through. And nobody's um, let them know that um, for Christians, we're not immune to things going wrong in our lives. And we can
2: get mental illnesses.
1: That's right, yes. And there's something we can do about it, but it can be a very distressing time.
2: Okay. Somebody's listening today and saying, yes, I can identify with what you went through. I'm anxious about something, even though I'm told things will be fine. I still feel anxious. It keeps on haunting mm. me, it keeps coming back, you know, like we, what we were talking about earlier. What should they do?
1: Yes. Well, I'd say go and see your doctor, a, a trusted doctor that you have. Your GP is a great mm-hmm. place to start because mm-hmm. they they know who you are. Um, if you don't have one, start to ask friends. Who's a who's GP that you've got that you trust? Um, you can go and talk to them and let them know um, how you're feeling, what's happening for you mm-hmm. as well. And you might have a... a A group of um, Christian friends too that know you well Um, and just be understanding that they may not be able to relate or understand what you're talking about because it can sound a little weird and out there Mm. with OCD and maybe they may have some good ideas too but it's to um, stick to those who are really supportive and surround yourself with people who who are going to track with you and uh, even if your world gets smaller for a while it can get bigger again Mm -hmm. yeah
2: well, we've just scratched the surface of a lot of issues that are involved in overcoming obsessive-compulsive disorder. To find out more information, obviously, <laughs> they can read your book and learn about your journey and what you've gone through.
1: Yes, that's right. That's, I guess um, I had the option of um, not writing about my story, but I realized very early on that, I, A, I wanted to keep a record of, of what God had done through mm-hmm. me through this process um, so I could look back at how we'd got through together. And also I thought... I couldn't find a lot of information for Christians when I would go to the Christian mm. bookshop. I couldn't find much on the shelf, or there would be things that covered normal worries of life, normal anxiety, mm. yeah, and and that's great and that's fine, but there was nothing to the depth that I knew because of my own experience. Other people might need, yeah, yeah. So the, the my book is about um, my story rather than self help because I'm I'm not a professional, yeah, um, but just hopefully to break down some of those barriers so people will realize that they can feel well, they can learn to manage this particular condition.
2: There is hope absolutely God loves you. he wants the best for you. As you said, he's cheering for you, Yes, but you do need to get some help,
1: yes, that's right.
2: If, yeah. if those worries or concerns just won't go away and they're escalating, now you actually said you went to Thailand on holiday and were worrying about stuff, is Yes,
1: that- that's right. That's um probably a couple of months before I actually had to leave the schoolwork. Um, there was a boy who'd run a, a cross country. And he was tired and he didn't really want to go back to class after the big cross-country run. So he came to the sick bay and uh, I said, well, you don't have a temperature. You've got your breathing back to normal and you're hungry and you're looking forward to the next activity um, with your lunch. and Time to go back to your classrooms. He said, oh, all right, off I go. So I put a note in his bag uh, saying that he'd attended sick bay and had felt a little unwell and he was back to normal. But unfortunately, as these obsessive thoughts started to creep into my mind, that letter didn't seem to be good enough. I started to worry maybe his mother wouldn't take the note out of the bag. Uh-oh. It was the day before school holidays. Maybe he, they wouldn't get the note till the end of school holidays, and by then maybe he may have developed a terrible disease. Oh, my goodness. Which meant that he would die and nobody would have known known that they could have caught it early.
2: Oh and wow. So, and so meanwhile you're going on holiday in that's Thailand. Right.
1: That's right in Thailand so I was at the shopping center I was buying last minute things to go on the big holiday with the family and I was on the phone trying to ring his mother and of course she wasn't home she was at work so um, it Who got is this lady? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who is this lady? What is she doing? So we went on a holiday to Thailand but for me I was distracted most of the time by worrying about this boy so I would watch the Thai television which is a bit hard because it's not in English <laughs> oh, and see if there are any Looking he- for
2: his picture to be on the <laughs> to screen To be on the screen Literally
1: That's right like CNN down the bottom Yeah, yeah You yeah. know the, the, the ribbon that goes along says you child know, Dies of meningococcal disease because um, undiagnosed early because enough because of his nurse because of his nurse. So wow. um, that's
2: when you know you have a problem.
1: That's right. That's right.
2: So thankful that you're in a much healthier place these
1: days. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thanks so much for sharing your story with us today.
1: Thanks so much for the opportunity.
2: That was Rosemary Burke sharing about her
0: battle with OCD, or obsessive compulsive disorder. She's written about her experiences in a book called The Lava Tube, a Christian's personal journey with obsessive compulsive disorder. And she says that even though it's sometimes difficult to share her story, she wants people to know that there is help out there and that pathological doubt has a name, that it's not the sufferer's fault and that our Lord is by their side. For more information, her website is thelavatube.com that's thelavatube.com well thanks for joining us for Rosemary's Story I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today next time on The Story I was in my car and I parked in front of a a garbage bin and the garbage truck came along and he was very upset with me so uh, he made that known and I thought I have to apologise to him, I I just had to. It overcame me, this obsession or or this um, compulsion that I had to apologise so I chased him in my car and cut him off which (laughs) certainly surprised him and afterwards I thought now this was not normal behaviour. Jenny Nichols always had an artistic talent, but her extreme lack of confidence, OCD and perfectionism held her back. That was until recently. We'll find out what brought about this breakthrough in her life and about her art next time. The Story, story. just another way vision is connecting faith to life.